0: Hey there, happy 2022. That was a fun two-week intermission on the global golf calendar. We're back at it this week on Maui for the Century Tournament of Champions. I think we can all agree this is one of the most underrated events on the TV viewing calendar. Loaded field assembling this week at Kapaloo with eight of the top ten in the world. I'm Ryan Labner. soon to be joined by Rex Hoggard. We'll break down the lid lifter of 2022 as well as... We're going to at least try to make some semi-educated predictions about what's going to happen this year. And Rex is going to explore the depths of his soul and reveal his New Year's resolutions. But first, Callaway is ready to help you think speed and go rogue in 2022. Their amazing new rogue family includes their fastest, most stable drivers ever. With industry-leading innovations like their new tungsten speed cartridge, jailbreak speed frame, and AI face optimization. The Fairway Woods are up to 10 yards longer, while the new hybrids are built for powerful distance. The new Rogue Irons are the company's longest irons ever, with more ball speed and better ball speed consistency. For more on the incredible new Rogue family, visit CallawayGolf.com. Rex, uh, happy new year, happy 2022. Are you refreshed and
1: ready to cover golf for another year? I am. I needed that two weeks. I, I really did. I think, I think both of us needed that two weeks, but yes, I am I'm refreshed. I'm, I, usually you come off of whatever it is that two weeks is the holiday season. And, and I usually come out of that and I feel bloated and I'm hungover and I'm sweating alcohol and it's never a, a good thing, but I actually tried to take care of myself. I tried to keep the alcohol consumption to a minimum. I tried to oh, eat. Oh, that's overrated. I, that's overrated. I tried to, I tried to keep my uh, eating at least semi-healthy you kind of got to eat around the holiday meals i've seen it tried to work out a little bit i feel good i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad to hear that
0: i did not uh limit my alcohol consumption i did not limit uh my food intake uh that is an ambitious endeavor for january we will see uh how it goes i am like you very excited to get the PJ tour season restarted uh Kapalua is like just such great viewing it's on at like seven o'clock at night like I can put the kids down and just take in the scenery I know you've covered this a bunch for budgetary reasons we we no longer cover this and put you up uh at the Ritz Carlton for a week but like this is going to be a really good way to start 2022 a the top 10 in the world as I mentioned the only players in the top 10 who are not there Dustin Johnson who oddly enough did not qualify and Roy McIlroy, who's taking a couple more weeks off before he begins uh, his 2022 in the Middle East. But all the other big names are there. John Rahm, Kyle Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Brooks Keper, Breston DeChambeau, you, you name it. Uh, they are there. What's one of the main storylines you're looking forward to watching this week, Rex?
1: Phil! He hadn't been there in 2001. I didn't know if he knew where Maui was anymore. I mean, and for whatever reason, he's there. I mean, we can dissect that a little bit. Obviously, he hasn't been very cryptic about saying he had to add this to his schedule just to get the competing event released to go play the Saudi International in a few weeks. However, and whatever, and, and apparently it was because of the pip. And, and the that pip. Was, that was that was yeah, the second, second part of, of
0: the requirement there.
1: Arm twisting. The pip, which he may or may not have won. I don't even know if we want to get into this. We probably want to wait. Oh, until- we do. Because, because as, as you have reported, this goes until
0: the end of the year. And uh, I believe you covered a fairly significant event in December with one Tiger Woods uh, and son Charlie at the PNC Championship that could sort of skew some of
1: these metrics. Well, and I got into this. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Certainly, I wrote a column about it. And what's interesting is the Nielsen ratings, which is one fifth of the total score. They use five different metrics. metrics, Metric. metric, met, met, metrics, metrics, metrics. Yes, I think that might be it. We'll anyway, have to, we'll have to circle back on that. The Nielsen is quarterly, and so that that base uh, alone. So you have one fifth that would not have been official until December thirty first. Wouldn't even have been available until December thirty first. And then, according to the tour spokesman that I was working with, it's going to take time. They're, they have to get it reviewed. Uh, they have to, they're going to show the players eventually just the top 10, not the entire list, which that's kind of news. That's different from what I think they originally said. So we're looking at probably the middle of February before we hear for real, but Phil declared himself the winner. And, but I think you're right. I think whatever it is, Tiger and Charlie did at the PNC championship towards the end of de- December, I, I think that could change it. It's it's probably the most interesting competition that we had in the, let's call it the, the second half of 2021 going into 2022 that I can remember. This still doesn't make any
0: sense to me, Rex, because when you look at Phil's season, I think he had 17 consecutive events without a top 10 before he broke uh, through at the PJ championship in obviously a big way. And he hasn't had a top 10 in what I believe is nine events since. So he was basically just a factor for one week out of the year in terms of Nielsen ratings and the PJ championship uh, rated very well. Uh, on, on CBS. But just that performance and a couple cheeky tweets, he even uh, tried to throw in some uh, COVID truthing uh, on Twitter to get to the bottom of the Omicron variant to potentially juice his numbers. How can that possibly be enough to put him in the number one spot? And I mean, and Tiger is a whole other category because he, he literally didn't play an official event in 2021 all he had was the horrific car accident in mid-february and then of course the pnc championship uh the metrics or matrices uh of which are still being tabulated how can those two players rex be one two on this year-long list when we had to me the story of 2021 the most intriguing player uh, not just last year, but for the foreseeable future, was Bryson who who is in the news constantly. How does he not win the
1: PIP over those two aging Warriors? I'll take that a step further, and it's, it, it's very well pointed out by you. Phil won one event, didn't have another top 10. Uh, you did forget the fact that he did get a little snotty on social media about the green reading book. So, I mean, that was another spike, at least from a social media standpoint. And the 48-inch driver. Yes, yeah, the 48 inch driver. So he, he did, you know, put his toe in the water, so to speak, going down the line. However, the other guy didn't even plan an official event and it was, wasn't was until December. And I would think that everything that we've been told about how this list is going to be put together suggests that the negative press would be weeded out. I don't know how you separate Tiger how Woods. How do you do that? In the in the car crash in February and if that's considered negative press. Again, so many questions. I'll, I'll take this a step farther, though. You mentioned Bryson D. Shambo, and he would be the one. He and Brooks would be the one that immediately came to mind. I have it on very good authority that Bryson did not even finish in the top five, according to the most recent list. He's I in mean, the top that, 10, but That, not is,
0: the top that five. is insane. That is absolutely insane. You want to talk about needle movers. I mean, ratings spiked. You look at our website, some of the most read stories, you can check it out on golfchannel.com. It's in the headline rail. Some of our most read stories revolved around Bryson DeChambeau. Look, I, I get it. I think it's indisputable that Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are the biggest needle movers in golf. However, they were not the biggest needle movers in 2021. Tiger didn't play except for an exhibition, and Phil played well for just a single
1: week. You can't possibly tell me that they were the biggest needle movers last year. You can't. And if you take the PNC Championship out of it, I think everyone assumed that Tiger was going to be in the top five anyway. So just based alone on him not having played in the But but like How? But how? Because
0: he doesn't. He doesn't tweet. He's obviously not going to be in the Nielsen ratings because he's not playing. I mean, is he being searched on Google even though he's not playing? Like, what's?
1: How are you possibly? How, how are his numbers being juiced enough to to even qualify? I, I would think the Google searches would be up. Again, we can go through the, the top five. I would point out that you retweeted the picture. Of Tiger wearing a really cool, straight out of the ice bath shirt. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, And I actually, so unbeknownst to me, Rex, but I saw the, uh, I saw that traffic on
0: that. It was very, very good. And I guess very good. And apparently, Cam, my my three year old son, uh, has a shirt. uh, Has it has a very similar fit. Uh, I'm gonna put that on Twitter shortly. uh, That says straight out of timeout. Uh, I did not know that that was a a Christmas present, but that was uh, just as appropriate as. Uh,
1: tigers straight out of ice bath no it wasn't but to your point if you looked at the traffic you got on just you retweeting that picture that someone else took it was through the roof so i think any time i would think that just based on the video that he released the week of the rsm classic that tiger would have probably qualified at least from a social media standpoint in the top five if not the top that's just crazy it is that's just crazy and here's the problem and i think this is it's going to be a problem the tour is going to have to address sooner than later they don't care what you and i say they don't care that the media doesn't like it they don't particularly care that the fans don't like the idea that you have this competition and it's so secretive i don't think the players like it the players don't like it and that's the issue you have the jim hermans of the world and look jim herman i think is a very under the max Homas of the world the max Homas of the world the joel damons of the, the joel world. damons of the world all of those guys pushing back a little bit and i spoke with all of them and all of them to a man said look we need to recognize and reward our top players and that's tiger and phil that being said there is something fundamentally wrong with 40 million dollars which is not a small amount of money being doled out that it's a members organization and we don't know how this is being doled out no one can say they'll say 20 is based on nielsen they'll say 20 is based on meltwater mentions they'll say 20 is based on google searches keep going down the list but how do you weed out the negative? I mean, you could argue that some of Phil's posts this year were negative. How would you? How in the world were you able to filter those out?
0: Yeah, I mean, tran- transparency has never been, uh, unfortunately, the PJ Tour strong suit. When you look at uh, some of their discipline practices over the years, uh, they weren't transparent. And t- to me, with so much money on the line, I mean, Phil does not need an extra $8 million. Tiger Woods certainly, with a net worth of about a billion dollars, does not need another $6 million in the bank. If you want to incentivize, this it was, it's what this program is supposed to do, incentivize these players to connect more with fans, show more personality. You cannot tell me that Joel Damon and Max Homa have done a worse job this year than Tiger or Phil. I mean, they've been outstanding follows. I think when you go to golf tournaments, now people recognize them and relate to them and want to root for them because of the personas that they have established on social media. So a little bit of transparency in 2022, uh, I think, is desperately needed Phil is in the field this week as you mentioned I'm looking forward to seeing Bryson DeChambeau you look at Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Cantlay those are the only two I would call them top tier players who really took the majority of the fall off after the Ryder Cup Bryson DeChambeau the only tournament that he played was the Hero World Challenge Cantlay hasn't teed it up at all uh, since the Ryder Cup uh, resting after what was a player of the year season uh, in 20. 20- 202021. 20, 20, Bryson I'm just curious to see how he plays. I mean this is a sprawling layout at Kapalua you think would be perfectly suited uh for his ball bashing game. Finished uh, a couple of a seven 7th place finishes there and I'm kind of curious to see what he says. Every time Bryson opens up his mouth uh it's it's certainly interesting we have our recorders going what he and says our pads out.
1: And you have an to think about if yeah
0: Yes, of course. And you remember, Rex, uh, at this tournament last year, that was when he talked about his exper- experimentation with the 48-inch driver, which, of course, uh, has now been deemed illegal. He talked about some of the speed training he was doing with the long-drive long drive guys that pushed him to the point of blackout. That's why, to me, Bryson is the most intriguing player this year in 2022. It's, it's not just what he's going to do on the golf course because a guy who... Uh, is gaining the most strokes off the tee and is a great potter. He's going to get his on the PGA tour. He's going to win a handful of times. To me, it's, can he avoid some of these distractions? Many of them, many of which are self-inflicted. Can he somehow turn down the drama,
1: which is probably going to be very hard for, for a guy who does seek and love the attention he gets. We both went on golf today, yesterday, and we talked about our biggest stories of the year, and and mine was Bryson, and for all the reasons that you pointed out, and mine is more on course than off course, because as entertaining and as mind-boggling as he has been off the course, I find the grand experiment fascinating, and where it goes from here. We're talking about speed. We're talking about what he can do to golf courses, to fields, off the tee, and I, I, I kind of equated it to him being a volume shooter. Where he gets on every tee and all he sees is a driver, and where am I going to land this 360 yards downrange? And I think that's that's interesting, but he there does have to be a tipping point. And I pointed out that at Bay Hill, when when he won in convincing fashion, he gained seven strokes, more than seven strokes. Your tournament of the year, if I recall correctly, tournament of the year, Bay Hill, strokes gained off the tee, the BMW Championship, where he he lost in a playoff, he gained more than eight strokes off the tee. This is his this is his long ball. This is Steph Curry and the three ball. And this is what he needs to use. However, you can turn it on its ear and say, well, at Riviera, he lost almost half a stroke and missed the cut. And I think there has to be a tipping point. It's what Chris Como, when we talked to him after he won the U.S. Open, talked about functional speed, that all of the things that he does in those blackout sessions, trying to get that extra speed, all of the training, all of the single focus on I'm going to swing this as hard as I can and smash the golf ball, that may work on the range. He's had a hard time getting it to transfer to the golf course on a more consistent basis. And that's what you want to see out of him. You want to see him be more efficient using this tool that he has, which is phenomenal. It's entertaining. It's going to take golf to the next level, but I want to see him use it in a better way. Bryson, the practice golfer,
0: the range golfer, the speed training golfer, has always been different than Bryson, the tournament competitor. Bryson may be able to ratchet it up to 215, 220 uh, mile per hour ball speed in practice, but he's not doing that in tournament competition on the PGA Tour. He's rarely touching 200 if ever he kind of floats in that 190 something range which is where cam champ resides and where tony fino uh, when he wants to get after it will reside as well the goal for bryson has always been in tournament competition at 200 mile an hour ball speed he's inching his way there but it's not quite yet so yeah i think this is bryson right now he's he's close to maxing out what he can do off is the he? tee in a, P, in a pj in a pj tour setting absolutely i think he's close to know. maxing out he's, he, he's 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 if he's gaining seven or eight shots on the field off the tee each time he tees it up i mean getting nine or ten isn't going to make a huge difference what's going to make a huge difference and turn bryson from a one or two time winner each year on the pj tour into a three four five time winner is to tighten up his, his wedge play and now the same things that and make and, and
1: his putting king. it's a top 20 putter
0: He's a top 20 putter. He's been a top Again, 20. Again, in the last couple if of years, we look at what play. he did
1: when he wins. If you look at what he was able to do at Bay Hill, you look at what he was able to do at the BMW championship. Bryson's putting, putting day is day not day. an issue.
0: Bryson's issue could be a bay is bay wedge bay. play. The same thing that makes Bryson a, a, an absolutely incredible driver of the golf ball is what is really challenging for him with his wedge play. Trying to get his clock system dialed in, kind of crank down all of that speed that he generates. Uh, with his full speed that has proven a challenge uh, throughout his PJ tour career. That was one of the major points of emphasis that he had during this off season. So I will cu- be curious to see if he's a little bit sharper at capital, because he's just going to have short irons and wedges all day, but he's also going to be playing uh, in some whipping wins, at least what we expect. John Rom, we haven't seen him Rex uh, for a couple of months. He kind of ran out of gas. I would say uh, the late stages of, the uh, european tour season now called the dp world tour uh, a couple months off didn't even play in dubai what are your expectations for big john Rom? still the world number one even though khan morikawa uh, has a chance to eclipse him this week even with just a solo second
1: finish based on how how Rom uh, places this week at kapalua yeah i think if i read the math right on that john actually has to finish in the top three or four if i read it correctly to, to maintain you do not
0: but what is John it? needs to win or finish solo second to stay at number one. Regardless, if that is not the case, well, yeah, then Morikawa right. can have. Let's see. I mean, Rom's not going to finish outside the top thirty. But if let's say Morikawa is a two-way tie for second, for instance, Rom uh, would have to finish worse than solo eleventh. So I'm I mean, so ask, this is so entertaining, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit messy. Point. But it's a little bit messy, but, but look, Colin Morkow does have a chance just as it
1: just as he did at the hero. I would think John Rahm comes out swinging, and sorry to use the, the really, really bad cliche. However, nope, man, that is bad. That is such a bad cliche, simply because I think he needed the break. It's obvious after the season that he had two bouts with COVID, winning his first major championship, everything that he had to deal with coming down the stretch, even with the playoffs. I think he needed the break, but like most players of that caliber, I think by the end of it, my guess is the last two or three weeks were brutal because all he wants to do at that point is get ready and go out and compete. And it's a golf course like Bryson DeChambeau, you pointed out that it's probably perfect for what John Rom's going to have in the bag. There's going to be a little bit of rust, but you can stand up and kind of swing hard. So I, I would have very high expectations for John at this particular event. The one that I'm more curious about would be Morikawa, simply because I think coming off of what he did and didn't do. I mean, I, we can point to all the good things he did. He had a five shot lead at the Bahamas at the that he couldn't close out. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, you can point to all the great things he did, but then, you know, the Bahamas being a prisoner of the moment, but th- that was concerning. That was shocking to me. I mean, being in the Bahamas, seeing how dominant he was through three rounds, it was a coronation. I had my story written on Sunday afternoon. This was going to be an easy one to write. And for him not to get it done, it's a little concerning there, but does he carry over? Because you and I have talked about this in the past where he comes off these brilliant performances, you know, winning the PGA championship, winning the Open championship, more so the PGA. But there was a lull in between what he did there and going over to the next season. Is there going to be another lull? My guess is there's not. No, I, w-
0: I would agree with you. I'm, I'm curious to see if, if really he can add another major to his tally this year. I don't think you would rule him out uh, any of the major championships based on the way that he has played this year. A couple other the guys we mentioned can the first time he's been playing uh, first time he's played in about four months. Just, a, it's just so rare for these top guys to like have a dedicated offseason. So I'm curious to see how he backs up. What was the career year? Jordan Spieth uh, building on his resurgent 2021. I think Justin Thomas, uh, oddly enough, Rex, it might be the first time in Monday scramble history. That's the column I write each week. On GolfChannel.com, might be the first time in history that I had not Good vote fly. him as my Player of the Year this year, but I do think uh, he is going to bounce back uh, in a big way. Which Rex, that's a perfect segue into let's do some rapid fire predictions for the calendar year 2022. Give me your best player who is going to win Player of the Year in 2022 in
1: a segment we're going to call "Way Too Early Predictions" that are sure to go awry wildly early predictions that are going to come back and bite me. Cause I know this probably isn't going to age. Well, I'm going to go with Morikawa and I kind of picked him as you are, as, you are finally on board. Welcome. Oh Welcome. yeah. 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 no, no, no. There's, there's no doubt whatsoever. I mean, I, I kind of picked him. We, we had to do a, a kind of a punch shot on uh, GolfChannel.com today. And I picked him actually to win. Hey, don't, don't be, don't be revealing your major picks. Okay. Sorry. Uh, but I just think, again, I'm curious to see how he starts this season. And Maui probably won't be the ultimate test because guys show up there and it's relaxed and it's a little bit of a different atmosphere. But I am curious a month from now, if we're having this conversation where he is with his game, was there a similar drop off or has he found a way to be consistent? I think one of the things that got brought up yesterday on on golf today was, is Colin Morikawa going to fit into that mold of Jordan Spieth, where you had that great run and then there's the two- or three-year lull, you, or Rory McElroy. Or there is this great run where you have all these wonderful expectations and these through-the-roof and and probably unfair expectations. Or is he going to continue to consistently win, which is kind of what we're seeing now?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to predict the future. And he, just like Rory and Jordan before him, he has such a good head on his shoulders that, like, you wouldn't think that he would get – inundated with expectations and kind of work himself into a tizzy. I think the only way that he gets sidetracked from the trajectory that he is clearly on is to chase distance. He is not the longest player on the PJ tour. He averages 290, 295 yards, which sounds really good to us, uh, but is average or even slightly below average on the PJ tour. If he sticks with what he knows and what he does well, uh, I think Kyle Morikawa, there's no reason to think that he won't uh, continue to have a a great rest of the decade. I actually agree with you, Rex, Tom Murakawa is my player of the year for 2022. His iron play is just so good. And I think he can even be more lethal now that he has uh, just accumulating experience on these tour layouts, his putting. Yes. It continues to be somewhat of a hindrance. If he puts well in a tournament, we have a large enough sample size now to know that he is going to be in contention. If not, win. he is already situationally great, as he has proven at the 2020 PGA championship and of course the 2021 open championship on the greens. I think he's going to rack up another three or four wins. He had three wins in 2021. And and when you look at the top 10 players in the world, he's kind of in that I'd call it like a competitive sweet spot where he's 24 years old. He does not have any familial responsibilities yet. Unlike like a, a Dustin Johnson or John Rahm, or Jordan Spieth, any of those uh, caliber of players, he can just kind of go for it. And he is certainly hungry at this point. I don't think he's satisfied by what he has accomplished at this point. So I think Kamurakawa, the arrow, continues to point up for him. I want to ask you, Rex, who you I think, think you're is... You're supposed to be quick takes. Yeah, this is a quick take. I was agreeing with Quick take. You. Um, okay, sorry. Uh, you, can, you can go any set direction you want in this. Give me a breakout player, for 2022 i know that definition is going to differ uh based on how you're going to read that but give me a a
1: breakout whatever that means i I don't like this one because whoever i say you're going to roll your eyes and be like oh you picked no no i think i think there's different tiers of breakouts well because i would go with scotty scheffler which is probably not a breakout player but he has not won on the pga tour Uh, i think there's a lot of reasons to think that that's going to come to an end and probably very very quickly really based entirely on how he finished 2021 I mean, he played brilliantly, I thought, at the Ryder Cup. He put himself into contention a couple times. Beat John Rahm. In the fall. Yeah, he beat John Rahm. Uh, he put himself into contention a couple times in the fall. Specifically, I'm thinking about Houston. And he's come up short, but having watched him enough now, and uh, look, the swing is a little quirky. It's a little different, but I think it will hold up under pressure. I, I think he, as far as breakout player, going to win one, maybe two events in a year is what I would consider breakout. That's Scotty.
0: Okay, so when I wrote this column, I did kind of different tiers. And so to me, a breakout can mean anything. I agree with you. I think Scotty Scheffler, Matt Fitzpatrick are the best bets of guys to win tournaments on the PJ Tour in 2022. I think Victor Hovland, who I think is the eighth ranked player in the world right now, I think he takes, quote unquote, uh, another step in his career and makes that leap and becomes a top five player. I think guys like Sam Burns and Will Zalatoris could play their way under the U.S. President's Cup team. All those guys, I think you could conceivably say, would make the leap. But for maybe a more obscure player, I guess you could describe him as, is Maverick McNeely, a guy who is outside the top 50 in the world ranking, but he's uh, continuing his work with legendary swing coach Butch Harmon, enters the 2022 calendar year with nine top 25s in his last 14 starts. Really improved ball striker. I think he can make a leap this year, whatever that means uh, into being a top 50 player. I think he can uh, secure his first tour championship appearance. He had a couple of chances to win last year. Wouldn't surprise me at all. If he gets it done this year, Rex, what is your drought that is most likely to end? If you think back, I'll give you a couple seconds to uh, ponder this. You think back to 2021, that was kind of one of the storylines, right? I mean, Phil getting back on the major horse, Jordan speed ending. What was a three-year win this drought, Roy McIlroy uh, doing his thing uh, twice during the calendar year in 2021, even Hideki at the Masters, uh, his first win in four years. Give me a drought
1: that is most likely to end. Uh, You didn't have to gas bag for that one. I do appreciate the the slow play, but uh, I'm going to go with Rory, and I wrote this as as far as major championship. I'm not going to say which major I picked him to win. But 2014 was the last time he won a major, and it's getting to the point now where – It's starting to become alarming, not just at Augusta where he needs, you know, that master's green jacket to complete the career Grand Slam. But now you're starting to get almost a decade removed from winning your last major. And I I think he finally breaks through. I think we talk about all the time, Rory being in a good mind frame. I think the major, I think all the major venues set up well for him this year. I don't think it's going to be Augusta because I still think that one's going to elude him. But I think that one ends. Uh, I tend to agree. And actually, so I didn't pick him to win the
0: Masters, but it wouldn't surprise uh, me if he does uh, win the Masters. The short field at Augusta gives him the best chance uh, to end that, what is now a seven-plus-year major drought. I think his improved putting can really stand up to Augusta's uh, difficult greens. I think we're already starting to see the fruits of that new back-to-his-roots mindset that he talked about after the Ryder Cup, where he, he knows that he should just hit this big, booming draw, play to your strengths, Try to shy away from your weaknesses, uh, and he's already started to play some good golf at the end of uh, 2021. Rex, not everything can be good. Give me a guy who's likely to
1: take a step forward and a guy who is likely to take a step back. Uh, Step forward, that one's a little tough. You you mentioned Maverick Manili. I think that's a really good pick uh, for a lot of reasons, but specifically his work with Butch. uh, Melanto Griffin. I think, again, a guy that works with Butch Harmon, a guy that I've spoken with Butch about this, speaks so highly of him, talks about the talent he has, talks about his work ethic. I think he's won on the PGA Tour, but I could see him breaking through as more of a consistent player, certainly top 25 in the world, simply because, I mean, he has the frame, he has the swing, he has the mentality. I think that would be a guy that takes a step forward. The guy that takes a step back, and this would be probably really, really high on my list of things that I'm curious to see how it's going to unfold this year. You pointed out Dustin Johnson didn't qualify. he hasn't won and coming off of the masters victory now two falls ago i I just think that was such a summit for him and i think for him to arrive at that place and to win obviously what was the most important tournament to him in the world maybe this was a one-off maybe this year was just him allowing himself at his age a chance to exhale and he's going to start working again he's going to start engaging again but we've seen it with dj when he's engaged when he's working hard, when he's practicing, when he's doing all the little things with those wedges, I think that's when he's at his best. I don't know if he's there now or if he ever gets back there at this point.
0: Yeah, that is, that's a great call, Rex. I, I really think this is a statement year for DJ. Like, have we seen the last of DJ as a dominant player? When you think back a year ago this week, I mean, he was the undisputed number one player in the world coming off what was basically a Tiger-like stretch, of top finishes, including, of course, uh, that November Masters title. And you look at his stats from the 2021 season. I mean, they were among his worst ever, like as, as bad as they were during his early years as a pro where he was wildly talented but also wildly inconsistent. I think the 5-0 and week at the Ryder Cup showed us the magic is still in there, but I'm just curious at age 37 whether it's harder to access that magic now if he wants to still – Access that magic now if he still has the same drive. So I think that's a great call. I think this is a statement year for Dustin Johnson. My pick for taking a step back, unfortunately, is Louis Eustazen. There was a stretch Aww. last summer when he was arguably playing as well as anyone, had an opportunity to win uh, the PJ Championship and the US Open and failed to get it done, which was kind of a cruel reminder that this uh, uber talented guy uh, does not have a PJ Tour title outside of that 2020 Open Championship. His back issues, which have long played him, his neck issues, which have long played him, uh, flared up during that back half of 2021. He's number 11 in the world right now. wouldn't surprise me at all, unfortunately, if those issues continue to flare up at age 39 and he drops all the way outside the top 25. Rex, I want to do rapid-fire major predictions for 2022. We did this in a punch shot for GolfChannel.com, which I believe will uh, splash on the website today give me your picks for the majors we'll do them one at a time
1: let's start with the masters when was Xander Shoffley? and you and I talked about this yesterday I just think winning your first major is never easy but I think the way Xander is coming off of last season the gold medal performance at the Olympics the way he played at the Ryder Cup just the fact that his game seems to not have the rough edges that it had in the past. I think he continues to develop and continues to work hard on the little things where he's a very, very good ball striker. He drives the ball well, but it's all the little things I think he's working on. And, and I think he's a good fit at Augusta nassau where he's been in contention before. Uh, so Xander Schroffley
0: winning a major, I believe was your bold prediction on Here we go. uh, golf today, which is about a, a, a limb. Uh, An inch long, and you know, those Rex rapid fire. You you and I sit next to each other at the major championships, and have I not picked Xander to win like 87% of the majors over the past three years? Like, that's just what I do. Volume
1: shooter, yes. You pick JT to win player of the year, and you pick pick Xander to win every major. (laughs) Yes, way to go, volume shooter. So, uh, funny enough, I do. I also pick Xander to win the Masters. Uh, I think
0: he'd be a really good fit. Uh, at the U S open. He hasn't finished outside the top six there over the past four, but I think he's already had a couple of close calls at Augusta. You think back to 2019, obviously 2021 uh, when he rinsed his shot on the 70th hole. And I think claiming the gold at the Olympics kind of, it, it really should give him the closers' confidence that he's been lacking. I think it's his time to break through. I also picked Xander at the masters.
1: How about the PGA? I want and the reason there is it, it's going to Southern Hills, it's going back to Southern Hills, but we don't have a lot of recent history. This goes back to the 2007 PGA Championship, which was won by Tiger Woods there, and then the 2001 U.S. Open. It seems to me the only common denominator between those two players was ball striking, long iron play, and that that's Morikawa, right? I mean, you just talked about it at length, about his iron play is just next level right now. In the Best PGA since Tiger. Tour. And he has become an above-average putter, so yes, I like Morikawa. Uh, that's a great pick. I picked Brooks Kepka to win the PGA, Brooksie. and
0: to me, to me, it's just playing the percentages. I mean, he has five top fives in his last seven PGA starts. It doesn't matter whether that was tournament was played in New York or Missouri or Wisconsin. King Kepka shows up at the PGA Championship. He's not quite as bulletproof as he was in the major circa 2019. Um, But if he's healthy, which I I think is obviously a a big if, uh, considering the travails he's had over the past couple years, uh, he's as good a bet as any to earn his fifth
1: major title in 2022. How about the U.S. Open at Brookline? Brookline, again, another venue we don't know a lot about. It goes back to the Ryder Cup, which seems a lifetime ago. So the only thing I got to really thought about was this is one of those classic you know, tree line layouts We have to drive the ball straight. And the last time we played the U.S. Open at one of those things, Bryson DeChambeau proved us all wrong, so I went with Bryson again. Hmm. Interesting pick. Yeah, you're right. Brookline
0: hasn't hosted a men's U.S. Open since 1988, so we don't, we don't really have a, a good idea how this is going to hold up to today's best. I did cover the U.S. Amateur there, won by Matt Fitzpatrick in 2014 uh, on the composite course there at Brookline. See your boy? You're going tell you with fits? No, I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Uh, other than that, Matt Fitzpatrick won, and what was a largely forgettable. You week. covered that was also it. The, You don't
1: remember anything about it.
0: Yes, actually, you want you want to know the one thing I remember from the 2014 U.S. Amateur. Do I was Matt Fitzpatrick's dad telling me steadfastly that Matt Fitzpatrick will spend all four years at Northwestern. He is committed <laughs> to the college process. He wants to earn his degree. It is a, it is incredibly important to the family. And Matt Fitzpatrick lasted a single fall semester at Northwestern. It turns out his uh, career uh, has been just fine. So uh, given that we do not have a large sample size, as Brooklyn, as a Brookline, as a U.S. open venue, I'm going with the world. Number one, John Rom, defending champion at the U S open. He was so composed, so clutch. Uh, he can draw on those uh, moments at the U S open this year. I don't really have a good reason for that. Other than he's the best player in the world, uh, the open championship. Returning to the home of golf, you and I are going to have just an incredible boondoggle in the days leading ah, up to that. Uh, so so that, is really my, that is really my major championship of the
1: year. But who do you think is actually going to win the tournament? Uh, big reveal here, if you're connecting the dots. I'm going to go with Rory McElroy simply because, again, as I pointed out, he's eight years removed from his last major championship. But there's something special about St. Andrews. It was a weird weather draw in 2010, second round 80. I mean, he ballooned, but the weather was absolutely brutal. That kind of cost him a title there. And in 2015, it was that kickabout. Kick yeah. He was going to be the clear favorite going into oh that. My God. He, he could have, he could have won that tournament by 10. It looked like, and I just, think it, so he, he's not going to get mixed up in a kickabout. And if there's not some sort of weird weather draw, I just think Rory's an easy choice. Uh, I'm really happy that you uh,
0: used the term kickabout because that was exactly what I was thinking. When you mentioned uh, Rory and St. Andrews, it wasn't, it wasn't a soccer game. It wasn't a football game. It was the kickabout. And that's exactly uh, what, unfortunately, undid Rory. He, quite frankly, has not been this. He has not been the same in the majors uh, since the kickabout accident in summer 2015. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a romantic at heart, and so my pick for the Open Championship at St. Andrews, the home of golf, is Jordan Speeth. Seven years later, Speeth is finally going to get his revenge on the old course. You may remember, uh, seven years ago, he had an opportunity to capture. Uh, the third leg of the grand slam. I remember that birdie putt that he drained on the 16th hole was one of the loudest roars I've ever heard uh, during my uh, golf writer career. I think the only thing that rivaled that was uh, tiger's uh, near ACE uh, at 16 at the 2019 masters. I mean, the place uh, absolutely shook. Fortunately, it did not end that well for him and he missed the playoff, but I think speech genius um, really makes him a danger man at every major, but, particularly in the open championship where he can rely on his imaginative shot, making uh, his world-class short game, just his grit and his guile and his determination. Uh, Spieth is tailor-made for links golf. So he is my pick for uh, the final major of 2022 Rex. That was a a very beefy uh, season preview. I feel like we touched on anybody and everybody. So I want to get, I want to get a little bit more personal with you, Rex. Uh, I, want, I want the listeners in 2022 to, to really know about you, to, to hold you accountable. Uh, would you share, please, uh, both your
1: personal and professional New Year's resolutions uh, for the new year? Uh, professional not to get so angry when i get put in a middle seat on a plane because that uh, mm. that's kind of my trigger moment and I, I do things in that moment that i'm never proud of i always say things and i'm rude to people and i don't how, does, even... how does a man with your status wind up in the middle seat that that's my point exactly however so, so don't trigger me even more i'm just going if it happens i'm gonna let it go i'm just gonna sit in the middle seat i'm gonna try to make friends with the people sitting next to me i'm gonna try to be a a little bit of a better person that's professionally and personally fewer three putts. I think that's always my new year's resolution never seems to work. Going to keep trying.
0: Yeah. Personally want to actually play more golf. That 2021 was probably the least I have ever played for a variety of reasons, move a child, whatever the case may be. I just did not play enough golf and it made me uh, very, very sad. Rex, I want you to be nicer to Brentley. Uh, in 2022, our colleague, I think that would be a good New Year's resolution for you. Um, And it was actually funny. So we we were driving home from, uh, we went to the Orange Bowl game uh, on New Year's Eve, uh, Go Dogs, uh, big game coming up against Alabama, of course. Uh, So we were driving home from that game. And I always put my New Year's resolutions in my iPhone. And so wife was reading them to me in the car. And over the past three or four years, every single year, I have the same resolution professionally and it is to make myself more valuable. There's some, some variation of that, but the theme has been the same. I don't really know what that means because clearly I'm not doing a good job of that. To me, that's like promote yourself more, like talk about the podcast, send out more story links, mention when I'm going to be on TV. And that's, it's just so cringy. Is that, how, is that your definition of making yourself more valuable? Yeah, because you have to like build a brand now in, in media. I just do such, a, I do such a poor job of that. You'd think someone my age, I'm 34 years old, it, it would come naturally. But apparently, I really struggle with that because I keep mentioning it in my New Year's resolutions, and I keep
1: not doing it. Do you have any advice for helping me grow my brand in 2022? I mean, I guess we need to go to the meltwater mentions or the the Google searches and, and whatever, and try to figure out exactly how how you're going. That that's not how I would envision, or at least that's not how I envision you would make yourself more valuable. It's creating more and better content, whether if that's written or it's the podcast or if it's on air, whatever the case may be. I don't particularly think that social engagement creates you more more valuable. But then I'm I'm in another age group of, you, of yours, and I haven't yes, aged so yes. I'm probably not the right one to ask about this one, but I would consider, and I find you to be very valuable, by the way. Uh, but I, again, I look at it a little bit differently, as in, what content can I provide? How can I be a better reporter? How can I be better at my craft? So we are going to provide, that's a very good segue.
0: We are going to provide some new content uh, for our golfchannel.com viewers, listeners, uh, however you are Big reveal. We're doing the big content. reveal now. We are doing, yeah, we are doing a new digital series called writer's block it we are either going to tape it uh late Sunday night if we just cannot uh, contain our hot takes or we will we will tape it on Monday morning as kind of a recap of what just went down water cooler discussion uh we feel like that's lacking um in the current uh golf media uh, ecosystem and so we are going to provide that uh for viewers on Monday morning that's going to appear on what like YouTube and Twitter and all that and then we're also going to do a writer's block. A tournament preview edition we'll tape that on Wednesday to debut on Thursday morning looking forward to doing that. I think it'll be a fun way uh, for us to connect with people. We'll take some reader questions it, I think it's just going be I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a, a different way for people to consume our product whether it's going to be uh, reading our stories, listening to our podcasts or watching us uh, on writers blog so I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, With you, Rex, we should debut it. Assuming uh, the graphics department can get our graphics done for writer's block. We should debut our first episodes next week. uh, So make sure you guys check that out. Rex, it is the uh, first week of January capital on TV, Georgia national championship game on Monday, the final week of the the regular season. Go dogs.
1: What are you firing up this weekend? Um, I haven't even thought about it. That, that's a good question. I wanted to, you. I think you've actually got me talked into. Every year, he and I, Evan and I, go through this where we, we, we get gift cards and we decide what we want to do with them. And he he's always trying to talk me into getting some sort of new smoker, getting some sort of new grill. I kind that's of what dis- I do. Cause I wanted new rims for my Jeep, but then the more and more I thought about it, it's not going to be my Jeep for, for much longer. I'm going to have to give it to one of my, my children who is going away to college. So why would I give him new rims when I can get something else? So I think I'm going to get the barrel, <laughs> barrel smoker. It won't be here for this weekend, but I wanted to, I wanted to do the chicken. What kind of chicken? That where the hanging, like when I, I, I've kind of researched this. So when you hang them from the hook in the smoker. Oh yeah. The, yeah. 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 So you were talking about happened. the pit. You were talking about the pit barrel. Yeah, uh, Jr. That's the I think uh, that's uh, smoker. If you guys are not
0: familiar, is it's a little it's a little bit weird, and you're you're probably gonna have to Google this because we're gonna do a poor job of describing it. You like hook the f- you you take the food and like put it on a hook, and then you dangle it on this rod, and all of the fat and the drippings from the meat drops down on the coals. That then produces some sort of reaction and then. The smoke and the flavoring comes back up and then out the top of the pit barrel it is basically a, a a drum smoker if you are more familiar with that it's supposed to i do not have one personally i have a gateway drum uh but it is supposed to produce awesome food and i know you like to entertain you have a, a, a big family of very hungry boys uh, as it is in a, a neighborhood that likes to get together it is a great way to produce a large amount of food uh, in a very little space. I think you'll be uh, very happy with that. And I think that's a great use
1: of your gift cards. I think you need to go by Ryan Labner presented by Gateway. Now, every time you introduce yourself, hi, I'm Ryan Labner presented by Gateway. Uh, I'd also like to
0: be uh, presented by Yoder, uh, PK, and eventually uh, my Shirley Offset Smoker uh, once I can scrounge up enough pennies. Uh, Rex, I have not made my menu... For this weekend, I do envision uh, some chicken wings uh, for the game. I do envision uh, some pork tenderloin uh, over the weekend. Those are such a a, just a delectable little football snack. uh, If you've never made those, slather them with a little barbecue sauce. Are you enjoyable to
1: be around during that game?
0: Well, here's the thing. And I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this. The national championship game kicks off at about nine o'clock. It is a struggle, an absolute struggle bus to get me to the end of the game because it's going to end at at midnight or 1230. My three-month-old daughter is going through a hellish uh, sleep regression uh, that is costing all of us uh, our good quality rest. And so I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make it. Now, to see Georgia's first national championship in more than 30 years, I should be able to have enough adrenaline for that. Um, and I actually do think George is going to win, which is a prediction sure to go a ride just as, just as, um, just as much as our major predictions go. Um, so I have to cook beforehand. It's going to be like a tailgate situation. I don't know. I want to do wings. I'd love to do ribs. I love to do pulled pork, but it's also just me and my wife. Like sounds like a lot. I don't know. It's not, it does sound like a lot, but like if George is going to win,
1: and at least I think they're going to win. Don't you have to go all out? Don't you have to go all out for this? Well, first off, I don't know how you can imagine in any scenario. This is what you've dreamt about, at least your entire adult life. So you're saying me, telling me you can't make it to midnight to see how this is going to play out. Now, if it's 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter and Georgia's is losing, then yes, go I to bed. cannot. I cannot recall the last time I made it to midnight. You didn't make we it actually, to midnight on New Year's Eve? Nope, because we
0: left the Orange Bowl early. It was such a blowout that we left like early in the fourth quarter, home by 11.15, in bed by wow. 11.30. Did not wow. even make it. Did not even make it, and I had a reason. I had a reason to be out until midnight, and we somehow did not make it to midnight. Did like, you Did you actually stay please. up? Actually, I take that back. I saw your Snapchat. You were definitely up
1: at 12.01. We were up at 12.01. We were very proud of it. It was uh, us and some neighbors hanging out. We have a fire pit in our backyard, so we had a very good time. We did not think we were going to make it to midnight. We, we actually started the celebration right around 6.30, thinking, well, we'll be done by 9 30, 10 o'clock and somehow next thing we knew we turn around remember what i said about drinking less that that was the exception uh yes those those
0: double ipas are certainly your your uh rocket fuel they they can they can they can, they can power you into the wee hours of of the night uh it should be a very fun weekend there's so much to watch this is a great uh tv viewing time uh, i know those listening to this are probably socked in by snow it is let's see 64 degrees and sunny here and uh, Ponte Vedra, Rex, you are recording this podcast outside. Uh, we do have a great sympathy for all of you who are not in such warmer climes, but thank you for th- listening to this edition of the golf central podcast presented by Callaway golf. Hope you enjoyed that meaty 2022 prediction episode. We'll be back next week for a recap of Kapalua and a look ahead to Sony as well as potentially uh, 20 or 30 minutes on Georgia's victory over Alabama in the National Championship game. Talk to you next week. Happy New Year.